0: There's some lonely people that it came up by how they were being brought up. Because mm. uh, naturally, being African, it's, it's, it's natural to live a communal lifestyle. Yeah. You might have a neighbor you don't want to talk to. But every day or every morning this neighbor sees you, the neighbor greets you. Mm. So eventually, you'll be forced to relate with this neighbor.
1: yeah, I'm Johnny, and you're listening to the Reflections Podcast. When we're young, many of us are told to not talk to any strangers. And of course, this is because our parents are just watching our backs and making sure we're safe when maybe we're not around them and they want to make sure that we're not making stupid decisions. But I think it's really important to be able to come to a certain age and realize that you can make your own decisions on a person purely from talking to them. I think that racism, sexism, homophobia and other forms of prejudice all root from this fear of the unknown and and uncertainty. And everyone starts off as strangers. So I'm in the camp of believing that we really should talk to strangers. And that kind of mentality is what brought today's guest, Matthias, and I together. I met Matthias exactly the same way I met our first guest on this podcast, Janko, going for my morning run. It was in the corner of Herbert Park, completely secluded to people. And I actually thought that I was on my own until I got a bit of a fright seeing that there was a man sitting in my regular spot. (laughs) We got to chatting and I realized how interesting this man was and just recently moved to Ireland. But not only interesting, but also compassionate. We had some great chats together and heart-to-heart chats. And yeah, we recorded this episode exactly in that spot on a very African day in the sun with the birds chirping. And it was some podcast studio. So Mateus comes from Nigeria. And before I introduce him to you, I'm gonna give you a little bit of a contextual background to Nigeria. So Nigeria is Africa's most populated country and largest economy. It's the home of Davido, Nollywood, Jollof Rice, and the Super Eagles. English is the official language but there are over 500 languages spoken throughout the country. So Nigeria became an independent country after English colonization in the early 1960s. Before in 1967, a civil war broke out, which officially ended in 1970, but intertribal friction still exists today in Nigeria. Now, there were many who played a pivotal role in gaining independence for Nigeria, But I'm just going to give you a brief quote here from a man called Obafemi Awolowo, who played a very big role. Nigeria is not a nation. It's a mere geographical expression. There are no Nigerians in the same sense as there are English, Welsh or French. The word Nigerian is merely a distinctive appellation to distinguish those who live within the boundaries of Nigeria and those who do not. I think that quote just sums up all of the complexities and differences that come with the word Nigeria, but not only Nigeria, with most African countries. Now, Africa is a resource rich continent full of love, community, heart, and rhythm, with thousands, if not millions, of tribes. But borders and countries are concepts that came from the colonial powers. The French. The Dutch, the Portuguese, the British, the Italians, the Belgians, they were all over Africa and Mateus is going to give us his version of what it means to be African and what it means for him to be Nigerian. So Mateus comes from southern Nigeria and he refers to himself as a minority tribe of the Igbos called the South-Souths or the Deltas. He married an Urba woman which added a lot of family complexities which you'll hear about, but he has spent most of his life in Lagos and a little bit of time in Abuja, the capital as well. He graduated at the Obafemi Awolowo, recognize that name, University in Lagos studying estate management before working there for the next 15 years in the property sector, in addition to his entrepreneurial ventures, which we will learn about too. And in the beginning of 2022, him, along with his wife and daughter, have just moved to Ireland and we're going to learn a lot about how life compares in Ireland versus in Nigeria. In this episode, we talk about the differences in Ireland, the individualistic mindset versus the communal mindset coming from Africa and how we've conceptualized loneliness. We also talk about the intertribal marriage and the many types of Nigerians there are. And Pangolo, Nigerian music and the big role that it has in society. And here we were on this beautiful African sort of day in Dublin, where you can hear the birds chirping, the sun was shining, and the Nigerian music was playing in the background. <laughs> Mateus is a very cool guy with a lot of insights and I thoroughly enjoyed chatting with him on this beautiful Sunday in Herbert Park with a spliffy in his hand. (laughs) Hope you do too. Enjoy guys. Cool man, so good morning Matt. Yeah,
0: good morning (laughs) Jay.
1: How are you doing this morning man? How are you feeling? I'm good. Beautiful weather. It is. The sun is out in Ireland.
0: Yeah, very, very, very lovely. A little
1: bit Nigerian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, I'm, we're definitely in our happy spot over here. It's the best office to have. <laughs> sitting by the daughter with the sun in our face. And how is life treating you at the moment, man? Mm.
0: Trying to cope with a new face. New face of life. New environment, yes, new face of life, new environment, new people. Some of the things I do know. But they're best to experience them than hear or read about them or watch them on TVs and all that. So how long have you been in Ireland? Um this should be my eight months. Eight months. I've been here since January, so
1: So still adapting, new. yeah. <laughs> And tell me about your background. So, where in Nigeria are you from?
0: Or, if originally, by origin, I'm from the southern part of Nigeria, Cross River, precisely. But uh, I hate to choose uh, boundaries between my brothers. In the mm-hmm. idea of a state, counties, I feel we are all humans. So. We naturally interrelate, move is one of the characteristics of living things. If I remember, I used to have a, a slogan of, uh, Mr. Niger, <laughs> that's uh, movement, respiration. I mean, the characteristics of living things generally, so movement is part of it. So I've been in Lagos, uh, pretty all my life. With your family? yes with my uh, immediate family despite the fact that my parents are from the southern part of nigeria we've been in the west we've lived in the west cultural lifestyle western i could pretty much speak more yoruba language which is their dialect in the west than my own uh, original uh, language from the south
1: and what is your your original dialect in the south
0: uh, we call it Afrique. It's a minority sharing border, minority community sharing borders with uh, Cameroon. So that's how it goes. Even the name Afrique, sometimes I need to go back and think about it because uh, Cameroonians are uh, Francophones, some of them, some part of them, and uh, for my own town to be named Afrique. I would only end up saying uh, it's literally called Africa, but in Mm. the francophone way, Afrique. My own thinking though.
1: Yeah. And so how did you find moving to Lagos,
0: one of the biggest cities in the world? Yeah. It's more than... By size it's very, 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 very small. Population say the last time i checked supposed to be 20 25 million wow but i doubt if that number still holds because of uh, we've pretty much had some uh, insurgency from the northern side of uh, the country which must have uh, reshuffled movements majorly mm. and uh, lagos being a hub of uh, opportunities economically it's natural for people to i hate to use the word migration and immigration cuz it, it connotes, it connotes yes, something different. So people yeah. moved towards the, yeah. to, towards the west. They had a new home. Yes. <laughs> so I've pretty much been... Um, I'm, I was born bred up in Lagos. Like, anywhere I go to in this world, if there's anywhere I will have to say I am from that I'm sure about the nooks and crannies, is Lagos.
1: Mm. And did you go to school and university in Lagos?
0: I had my primary education in Lagos. My secondary school education was in the capital city Abuja. I came back to Lagos. I had my uh, ordinary diploma, O-N-D, national diploma. Then I moved to uh, inner a, in a west, where I went to one of the most prestigious uh, universities in Africa, Obafemi, Awolowo University. I uh, studied uh, estate management, S- same thing I studied with uh, in my polytechnic days, so pretty much moved around the city, like the western side. There's a there's always an adage, they say, if you could, uh, if you can say an adage in Yoruba language, that's the, the west, and you can interpret it, or you can interpret an adage, that means you are definitely part of them. That's like the yardstick to... Call yourself a Yoruba boy (laughs) from the West though. And
1: did you find, because of the history of Nigeria, did you find there ever was an issue or did it affect you what happened with the tribalism or the the history of the civil war? Were you affected by that at all? Well,
0: I would say yes. because i have i have a very fantastic uh experience growing up in the west coming from the south which i visit often then um schooled uh in the middle belt which is uh the middle of nigeria precisely that's because that's where the fair capital yeah by location that's the middle of nigeria then uh because
1: they changed it right
0: yeah from lagos yeah and that was uh say 93 92 from the then uh, dictator, military president uh, Ibrahim Babangida, Badamosi, aka Maradona, because of his, mm. uh, his corn, his craft, his corn craft, you know.
1: Mm.
0: Smart man, you know, never been caught, that's why they call him Maradona, he knows how to dribble. <laughs> but that part, you know. I'll start from letting you know I married a Yoruba woman, which is always a clause in our own country where the northern or a mixed tribe mixed tribe is or entire inter tribe mar intertribal marriages are and what tribe
1: would your family be from what
0: what tribe would your family
1: be from well
0: originally we call ourselves the south souths okay. Well, from the south-south. The deltas, the, the creeks. That's where we come from. So, then we still do not accept to be called um, Igbo. Which, so, we are a minority. There are three major tribes recognized in Nigeria. The Hausa, the Yorubas, and the Ibo's. So, they are this, there's this southern part of the south. Which they call them minorities. And the only reason why you could call any other... Set of tribe minorities are just two things. Population is basically one. Then the influence of individuals in government over time is typically what makes the so called world minority, you know? So this is also, this also has been a bigotry mindset where it has worked in social affairs all phase of life even to inter-tribal marriages you know I married a Yoruba woman I'm from the south by origin I can speak Yoruba fluently uh, so despite the fact we had a we courted for say 10 years before we got married you know yeah. we're lucky to be quite enlightened to realize a uh, Tribes don't matter. You're human. In humans, you know, because uh, falling in love or in courtship, basically, it's more of it's more of a, uh, um, the mental side of thinking than the emotional thing called love itself. Because if you cannot um, understand the fact that you are getting involved with a relationship to someone with a different um, background upbringing and you guys have to compromise with each other's f- flaws just to create a story of love yeah and love sees no boundaries right yeah so i escaped the fact i could marry intertribally so if you take it upward to one of the things that made a stronger tribal uh, connotation stay in the sphere of this uh, location called Nigeria is the fact that uh, one of the things that get up the civil war were basically assumed to be tribal. It was a coup. Mm. Um, the the tribe that took out, that carried out the coup had more, they, they had a particular, they, they had a particular tribe with more of the military men that carried out the coup than the other tribes so it was being targeted at another set of tribes. so that was where the camels back broke with the tribal assumption in nigeria because uh, the northerners felt they were being targeted as at that time as with against the the easterners which they believe were most of them that carried out the coup so
1: and is there still a certain level of tension with that today, or is it a lot better
0: Yes 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 the tension is still still it's still as fresh as uh the only difference between it's still as fresh as the civil war mm. but right now the war is verbal there's no more combat then um more body language. there are places you go to in the western side of Nigeria where you get this uh language where you want to com- an Igbo man wants to communicate with a uh, an Igbo man from the East wants to communicate with someone from the West and you might just end up getting this uh slang like uh, look at him as an Igbo man like for no reason they you get been, a lot of jokes you get a lot of uh, truth and jest that are judgmental
1: yeah just subtle dis- discrimination yes and when we talk about subtle discrimination how does ...that compare to
0: living in Ireland? Well... ...uh... ...the truth is... ...discrimination is a... Uh, ...it's a... Uh, it's ...subjective... ...in the yeah. end... ...because if... ...if a family of five... ...can still have ...a, a certain level of discrimination... ...because uh, even in a family... The love is not uh, 100%, so I would say still discrimination. There some decisions that are taken in the family where a, a particular person or sibling might be sidelined. So we see these scenarios most times. So in Ireland, for example, I have not witnessed uh, first-hand uh, discrimination, cause my, but my five-year-old daughter had a classmate walk up to her and said uh, she heard Black people look like poo uh, on a...
1: Five-year-old?
0: Yeah. Wow. Junior infant, precisely. So she reported it to the uh, teacher. The teacher did the necessary thing, but uh, I would not use my own situation because probably my level of maturity Mm. as against people I would meet that could be discriminatory to me or towards me might be limited because I would have to guide my steps, places I walked into, people I might like to just relate to instantly. I might have to have a second thought about it, but uh, to think about a five-year-old, free-spirited, doesn't have an idea of limitations to to talk to, yeah. which is the natural phenomenon of a human being, the free spirit of no it is when you start you're reading yeah, you're not born discriminating so it's when you start reading acquiring knowledge of the past yeah. that might form this level of discrimination so yeah. I would take I would take the bullet for my daughter as uh, me being once discrim- having to find a discriminatory remarks yeah. you know so I will speak for my daughter and take that shot for her
1: so growing up in South Africa when you talk about the past still looming a little bit. Um, When something as horrible and and tragic as apartheid came around, it was only 28 years ago, so, you know, it still looms around a little bit and it takes time for everyone to change their mindset. Um, But I'm sorry to hear that your five-year-old daughter has to go through something like that. And have you experienced warmth and welcomeness in general being in Ireland?
0: Um, I wouldn't lie. They beat my expectations sincerely. Mm. I never or probably I was too too ready for discriminatory remarks or reactions, you know, before getting to Ireland. But in general, they beat my my imaginations positively. Because even uh, my uh, stopover from Heathrow to Dublin, basically, there was this uh, difference in the atmosphere because I I have uh, this uh, privilege of talent to be able to read, I won't say read minds. I could read body languages. I could uh, tell. I could smell the air and tell the tensions in the air. Like I felt there was more tension in London, just as mm-hmm. even as just as a stopover, I could feel it. You know. Well. You might think uh, people conclude to say London is more of a social. It is. We're all humans. You know. We all know the designers. We know how to rock them. We know where to bite them. Some people just naturally don't choose to buy them for their own personal reasons. So I I'll will put Ireland in that perspective of uh, they do their thing, their way. It's appreci- I, I, I would say, I appreciate, I appreciate the time I've been around though. So, Great, that's good to hear anyway. Yeah. And
1: do you feel that your identity changed when you moved? That all of a sudden you were seen that people saw Matt as a different kind of Matt, or do you still see yourself in the same way?
0: Well, I don't think uh, for me, it's basically one perspective that's always been on my mind and, and that has taken me way, way, way farther than, even when I think I can do something myself, uh, which is, a uh, in a form of believing in yourself, I don't see people, I don't see myself as what people see me. Mm. I see myself as what I see myself as.
1: And that's so important, right?
0: Yes. That's the most important part of it. Because I know my every move is calculated. I know my, my thought. I'm always having a rethink of my first thought. And if I have to plan, I plan for plan A, B, which is normal. I must have a C to it and probably hang a D on. So mm. if I have this kind of conception of mindset, so uh, who's, who's, who's accrediting me?
1: Yeah.
0: Who's accrediting me?
1: And has that developed over time, Your the way that you see yourself? Did you care about what others thought about
0: you more when you were younger? I would say nothing has changed because uh, I still have friends with friendship good friendship friendship and relationship for about 30 years which I'm proud of you know because yeah. uh, if you're not a good person you couldn't keep such long tight relationships you know so I have them especially when you've traveled it's hard to you know? maintain that relationship I still have them you know talk like basically every that day and all that so the times I would have thought. Of uh, myself, looking up to people to give me value. I wouldn't accept it as a uh, that because I feel that was a learning stage, which was precisely between my teenage, my late teens. I mean, um, my late, my teenage. So, uh, by twenty-five, I felt I already knew everything I was supposed to do at every instance. Not like I know, in the sense of uh, being pompous or being uh, too full of myself. But, like, in the sense of consciousness, I was conscious about my my surroundings, my my doings, my activities, my say, things I say, when to say, how to correct things, how to apologize, you know. I already had everything in me, so... I felt the teenage to 25, 26 was a learning process rather than me looking for accreditations. Because most times if I end up doing things myself, I find out I'm always different in the positive direction Mm. where is it that I was being too bold than my peers? And to me, I naturally would have found out I didn't pass I didn't pass any boundary. I didn't cross anybody's path in my being bold. So my my boldness was not that of a a negative structure, but myself. So when I go back and reassess my activity or my doings or my sayings from every scenario I leave, I try to grade my out and like, okay, how did you do? Did you take too much shots? Did you talk too much? Did you? talk without point to evaluate every situation when I evaluate every situation and get back and I grade myself and if I'm fine with my grading I'll be like I don't need anybody because I'm sound enough to trust my own judgments
1: yeah and do you do you journal how do you evaluate yourself
0: I do some I like to do pen and paper Pen and paper yes because even if, if if the smartphones are still for on smart people, you know, <laughs> it's not the same thing. There's a there's a level of assimilation you get when you use pen to paper, yeah. than digital. A sense of connection, right? Yes. With your thoughts.
1: <laughs> Let's go back to studying estate management, right, in college.
0: Where did you go after that? Uh, after my polytechnic, or during my polytechnic years, with uh, we have this. Uh, three months, six months, um, we call it IT, so during my IT days, I understood the job and I was very, very fortunate to work with somebody I would never, ever forget, uh, Mr. B. Adesanya and Co. I'll give it to him, 100%, sound mind. Very, very sound mind mentally, academically. So, uh, moving forward, he taught me well. So, I saw the course in its context than its content
1: yeah.
0: in a very short while.
1: So, you were able to use the theory that you learned in practicals? Yes. Sense.
0: Yes. So, basically, been around real estate and um, the way we practice we practice uh, real estate in Nigeria is quite different so registered you know and it's more real estate to me. It's basically just uh, knowing people because uh, with all due respect you wouldn't uh, have a you wouldn't know, you wouldn't be managing any real estate business or investment if you if you hang around the uh, 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 homeless people. I'm sorry to say, but what I mean is, you need to be in the circle where real estate business has been discussed. So, I, so that's
1: specific to the context we're talking is, about, right?
0: It is. You can't take it out. <laughs> yeah. You don't. You can't take it out. Real estate business is big business. Mm-hmm. It's wealth. It's not business. It's wealth creation. There are two different things about it. When you start breaking these things down to this level, you understand the business more. While working, I had other side businesses, you know?
1: Yeah, like what?
0: I had a lounge. I... In Lagos? Yes. I had a dry cleaning firm. Wow. So I'm that kind of person, you know? Entrepreneurial. Entrepreneurial. I see... I, I did, In fact... I see opportunities in everything, <laughs> like...
1: And what made you like that?
0: Uh, I would give some to what I would call follow come. It's a slang we use for <laughs> talent, because talent will be described as something that came with you from birth, rather than what you learned. So I had part of it. Was mom, there an
1: entrepreneurial mindset throughout your family at all?
0: My mom, yeah. my mom, my mom, my mom, my mom. She was a teacher. She was a teacher, primary school teacher. And she loved her job rather than the pay, you know? <laughs> That's so important. Because she, there's always this thing. She's always saying, like, uh, she's always saying, uh, if she sees children that have graduated from universities that greet her and remind her of her being their primary school teachers that she feels like she has made made a difference in somebody's life and um, she's always asking me to imagine how many children she must have changed their lives so that's where her joy comes from so basically the entrepreneurship thing has been in me I did it as early as I was in secondary school.
1: Oh yeah? What was your first ever entrepreneurial <laughs> <laughs> idea?
0: Right. Uh, I used to leave Lagos to the Federal Captar for a secondary school boarding house. So, I had this opportunity of having excess uh, pocket money. So, I I used some of it. I made a a pool table, a snooker board. <laughs> you made it. Yeah, I gave a carpenter. The guy, the guy knows how to do it. A small size, like a children's size, or teenage size. When I mean teenage size, not a not the full size standard board, you know. Yeah. Something smaller, but for, like you find in a bar. Yes. Yeah. So I get someone that has a space where we could keep it. So when I went to school, I came back. We had issues with the money he gave to me, though. But I wasn't looking at the money. I was looking at the fact that I could think of something, materialize it in a positive direction. And um, no matter what it ended up, instead of me being angry about uh, he not giving me enough of what I'm supposed to have financially, I respected myself in the sense that I gave food to one man to eat by whatever he must have gained from watching out for the... I
1: think it's so important to just look in terms of impact. Than We can try and change the world, of course, but it happens one life at a time. So if you've made an impact on one person, that's how it starts, right?
0: Yes, 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 yes. Make an impact on people generally. We just generally need to just hold hands to make it happen. Because if you look at lonely people, they have a lot of attributes. They are frustrated. They get angry for no reason.
1: I think when we talk about loneliness, um, is we've, we've probably... Misconceptualized what loneliness is as well is we we resonate loneliness with abandonment and sometimes It's okay to be on your own, you know, and I think when you're on your own for a bit Longer than you wish to all of a sudden you're like, oh shit. I'm on my own um, I'm rejected, you know but I think there's a lot to learn from being on your own. You can find yourself a little bit in terms of figuring out who you are as well.
0: I I would strongly find it difficult to think of uh, lonely people as um, normal people. Sorry to say.
1: Mm. Well, what do you think is lonely though? Like, do you spend time on your
0: own? Very much, very, very much. In fact, it's one of my best moments being alone. Yeah, you know, maybe it's a balance to find. Though
1: I get what you mean in terms of community and family, and that's the well, foundation, right?
0: I won't, I won't blame people as well. There's some lonely people that it came up by how they were being brought up, because mm. uh, naturally being African is, is, natural to live a communal lifestyle. Yeah, you might have a neighbor you don't want to talk to. But every day or every morning this neighbor sees you, the neighbor greets you. Mm. So eventually you'll be forced to relate with this neighbor. Yeah. Okay? Then in the Western world, or in the West, it's different. It's difficult to, 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 to think of saying hello to someone easily. So, mm.
1: And do you find that is very different in your eight months in Ireland? Have you gotten to know your neighbors, for example?
0: Uh, still trying to understand so many things in, in that respect. Mm. Because uh, in the beginning of summer, uh, we had Barbecue hangout in my court, you know, where about, uh, say, 20 families hung out. Barbecue drinks, kids doing their own thing and all that. So that's another perspective on its own. Then there's this other perspective where you literally say hello to people in the same court sometimes. I hate to believe they didn't hear. Yeah, You know? That's so. something that
1: I've realized. And Ireland has changed. Actually, I'm not even gonna say Ireland, I'm gonna say Dublin has changed a lot. My dad's from, from Ireland, he's from Wicklow, but he spent a lot of time in Dublin. And I think Dublin has become, even in the last 10 years, we'll talk about last 40, it's changed a lot, but it's become a lot more individualistic. So if you say hi to someone, wherever you are, like what we did here in this spot. (laughs) That's not common in Dublin. People are all plugged into their earphones and walking on their way. And I know there's lots of cool podcasts to listen to, hopefully this one, (laughs) and lots of music to listen to, but there's also a time to just, even if you're listening to your earphones, just don't look like a machine, right? And just say hi, or even just look at someone. And that's something that I've noticed is very different where I grew up Is if you say hi to someone You get a bigger smile back at you And I think in the countryside In other parts of Ireland It is better But I just hope that Dublin doesn't get Even more individualistic in that
0: sense Well The advantage of living more communal Over individualistic Is, is glaring mm. I'll give you examples You know, I had a neighbour while growing up I was uh, in my prime teen age, 16, 15, so I had all the physical strength. This man was was alone, living alone. I literally, he was staying upstairs. He was my neighbor by flat, but with the position of his flat, if he screams my name, I could hear him. So whenever this man wants to go, whenever he wants to go to the toilet or something to ease himself, he'll call me i'll go up his flat Mm. i'll give him support take him to the toilet bring him back so his kids come around say twice in a week but they needed that everyday person which eventually i was for no reason we're not related nothing but just the fact that we automatically have this communal lifestyle i I was brought up in this um, 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 cultural belief to know that you don't mess with adults, no matter what, even when they say rubbish, despite the fact that uh, my generation has started changing the, the concept of uh, you take what is right from an adult, not uh, from a grown-up.
1: And have a sense of respect. And have a sense
0: it. of a respect, rather than just taking all the, just taking everything hook, line, and sinker. So. For me, it would be better because there are too many effect uh, effects to to individualistic lifestyle you know yeah say for example relationship when I mean relationship i mean um youths that are ready and able to fall in love with each other you know they have this few ch- the chances are slim to 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 have it connected easily, like I read or heard say, they say most of the relationships are basically from high school rather than randomly just meeting somebody, yeah, walking on the way. And most of the people have had very good, from where I come from, most relationships that start from just stopping someone from the road and talking to the person. Has made uh has made sense in the end so this is one particular one then another one in its sense it will remove the relationship aspect is business wise you know mm. i don't know what is in you you don't know what i have but most times conversations at the bus stops sometimes have made one or two people collaborate with a particular sense of business and made it a reality so these are things that are just on the surface that are glaring,
1: but uh, still. Uh, and why did you choose Ireland?
0: I like, I like, I've always admired Ireland. Or I hate the big city itself. You know, hmm. when I'm in mean the big city, uh, I mean skyscrapers and um, uh, and cars everywhere. You know. There's a man who spent a lot of time in Lagos. (laughs) (laughs) It will amaze you to realize there was a girl that was brought to London, say. Uh, She left about two months ago. She said uh, London was too boring because she missed the Lagos lifestyle of the noise and the car honks and all that. (laughs) So you see different people, different perspectives, you know.
1: Yeah. And how have you found being a a dad? I'm sure that has a lot of answers to it, but (laughs) do you think that you you see yourself differently? And I know you see someone else's life very differently too, right? Not that I know. (laughs) Hasn't happened to me just yet.
0: Okay. Uh, (laughs) Let me amaze you, you know? Yeah. I'm more of a husband than a father. Hmm. That's how much uh, respect I have for my wife. Hmm. You know, when um, everybody, because of my lifestyle is, I live a little bit of I don't care lifestyle. And my I don't care lifestyle is not basically a callous one. It's the fact that I do not care what you think. So when I make moves, I'm always seen as the odd one, so it took a long, that's why most of my friends have had long relationships with me, both male and female, because they are the only set of people that have found um, the diamond I have coated in black skin or coated in any way you want to put it, okay? (laughs) Um, So she pioneering the friendship is her believing in me the most
1: letting you grow
0: and letting me grow despite my mistakes you know Yeah. so that's why I said that's why I chose being more of a, f- a husband than a father so being a father to my kids or my child because I still have one but <laughs> hopefully another one coming oh up. yeah <laughs> so being a father to me it's a privilege for my kids I've made I've made I've made 101 mistakes in my life okay but I've always had a parent where they don't judge me by my mistakes they sit me down ask me why did you do this they don't care what you did just they want to see that reason you thinking? What were you thinking? So when I tell them, they'll be like, okay, oh, that was too much. Mm-hmm. You should have done to this percentage. And do you see yourself a similar parent as you were parented? Of course. That's why I said it's a privilege for my kids. Yeah. For, for me to be their father. It's not the other way around. I'm not privileged to have them as kids. That's a natural course. 'Cause I'm married, I have a woman at home, you know. We do the normal marital things and lifestyle. So definitely I was going to have kids. Okay? But now why why it's so important about the kids is uh what the parent imbibing them would define a whole lot. Would determine the term, set of humans you want to release into this world. It's like your it's like it's like your contribution when you are gone
1: and having a kid has it changed your outlook on life
0: yes 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 you know a whole lot of things you know a whole lot of things especially the kind of kid i have you know like i'm like i said i i I evaluate every scenario every scenario every scenario so everything she does you know I was wishing for a boy because African men, naturally, there's this um, ego, or there's a sense of uh, he's a boy. But you know, luckily in my own family, my siblings were three, so my sister is the last, and a girl. My sister a girl, definitely. So, (laughs) (laughs) So she made more positive moves. Earlier, than we the guys that were her senior or elder brothers so that made me believe in women despite their sex or age the foundation of everything matters never ever ever you mess with the foundation once you're starting anything 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 just remember it has to be concrete solid rock in any ramification anything in any adventure anything once you have that trust me
1: so anything you do do you set out specific intentions for what kind of outcome you want to have
0: definitely definitely i have a personal quote um where it says uh just stick just take the leap first you'll be surprised uh, what distance you have covered in your failure.
1: Hmm. I love
0: that. You see, I was not hyping the glory. I was still going to end ended up with you fail. But you'll be surprised from where you leaped from, the space you've covered. Where you've come and I'm what not, you've learned. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not promising you success, you know. Yeah. I'm even telling you you will fail. Well, appreciate this distance first.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I'm in. I'm 21 right now, so I'm in that phase of life of leaping. I'm focusing on leaping as far and wide as possible, and I am conscious of the fact that there's gonna be failure, and I hope to learn from them.
0: <laughs> okay, I uh, would still go back to our interracial difference by skin yeah um you see in the sense that you see this is one thing that glorifies african communities you know where just like if you see some um pictures from the golden days of ham um, hamlets where you see a family of about um 16 uh, mod built um structures surrounding a compound mm. till today we still dis- we, d- we still describe our tri- our if i go to my town my origin i'll still tell them i'm going to my compound a looms compound so w- that identifies me i have a compound that's 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 the pin that's where my geolo- my geolocation is on the map mm. that's where my 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 DNA is You know, so communal lives makes the great grandpas and the grandpas easily transmit cultures, knowledge, history. Gives a form of family bonding to the next generation.
1: Yeah,
0: you see, that apart. So coming this way now. You would have to do much more work for your age to to, 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 to to acquire a certain level of knowledge that will cover for what a communal lifestyle would have helped with. Now, this is not education. This is not um, BSc or graduate or degrees and all that. You know? Those, nature. This is nature. It must play. You, 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 There's no way you can't, there's no way you relate to nature and not bow to its course. That is why we have global warming. Because we think we're above nature. Now we are bowing to its course. Look yeah. at Afghanistan. Uh is Afghanistan or Pakistan. Wash the whole city. I mean the whole mm-hmm. city. So it's natural to 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 take in natural instincts first than the because who made the rules in the first place? Yeah. Things that are written in books are are people's perspective. Accepted. There was a time in history in America the Congress voted for cannabis over alcohol. It later on changed to be alcohol over cannabis. Now they are at par. You see, <laughs> depending on the state. Right? You see, <laughs> no, you don't have a choice. Yeah. As long as, as long as you ask Google right now, is is marijuana accepted in the United States? <laughs> there will be a yes to it. Yeah. Forget about what state it is.
1: <laughs> what are? What do people? Well. I know what people think but then the law is like in nigeria so is two different things but what
0: is the cannabis l- law in nigeria it's still a crime very much a crime and that's a that, that's a multi multi-billion dollar business if you ask me because yeah. uh, we have due to the nature of our soil composition we have one of the best naturally grown cannabis in the world no jokes no jokes i'm sure i like to speak with fact you know so you know yeah we've had um some international arts or artists come to nigeria and they confirmed it you know with their counterparts you know say from way back fella with the shabarangs so you can imagine uh, there was a song uh, with Snoop, you no, know? or, <laughs> uh, no, no, Snoop, Lil Wayne. Like Nigerian weed or something, you know. Mm.
1: Well, there's so, so many popular Nigerian artists too, right? Yeah. <laughs> Some great ones. Yeah. I know Davido is one of the most popular in the world.
0: Yeah. And Wizkid, you can't take it out. Now, yeah. Bonaboy. Bonaboy. And Bonaboy right now is, uh, say, you know what, right now where music is, it's in the hands of Bonaboy, Whiskey, and Davido. <laughs> Except you want to go for a particular genre of music, your kind, yeah. but if you want to throw it in the atmosphere, say freely, <laughs> it's in the court of the Nigerians, no mm. doubt. We do
1: live in a, in a world where we can make the most of listening to music from absolutely everywhere and being able to appreciate Nigerian music Irish music, South African music—that's definitely a privilege.
0: You see, you see, you see. We we'll still go back to nature. For the earth to be circulated in an orbit and not stagnant, should relate to a whole lot of things in life naturally as well. The music has always had its tone from all kinds of genre, to all kinds of country, to all kinds of reasons. So music had apartheid reasons to to to, 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 yeah. to make waves. Say, for example, the senior man Majek Fashek, during the apartheid days of uh, South Africa, his music hit top 10 in UK billboards. Mm. If I remember, something, something, Magatacha, something, something, hey, Free Mandela. Uh, Free Nasa Mandela everywhere. The song was uh, on the chart, So that time passed, you know? Yeah. Me, for example, I'll tell you something, you see. There's more creativity in the Nigerian music, which we locally call Pangolo. And the definition of Pangolo is holding a tin, an empty tin. Pangolo is an empty an, an empty tin of milk, an empty tin of um, a canned drink. It's literally what we call pangolo. So why it is called pangolo is, people hold that with tiny stems from a shrub and use it to make music for folk tales when we sit down gathering. It's a support to m- many other musical instruments that we Raw have. Raw music. <laughs> you know? We, are, we have our own local xylophone, which I felt is is our own. I've forgotten the name. If you see xylophone, you definitely know that's where piano must have gotten the skill. <laughs> and we could have been the only ones who would have been using wood to make such.
1: You know? <laughs> that's so cool. I so listen. we're going to have to wrap up soon, but I want to no ask you one question, Matt. Um, how long do you see yourself in Ireland? Do you see yourself going back to Africa soon? Do you miss it?
0: I know I do. Uh, I won't. Uh, since my natural self um, is more of a mobile person that, than a stagnant person. The only thing that would make me think of uh, going back home, which I don't have a choice, either dead or alive, <laughs> <laughs> I'll still go back there one day is if my if my politicians can just give me security and economical yeah. value, I'll prefer there any time any day yeah. then um, travel around the world. It's best to travel than to be limited to one spot, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, everything aside about political state, crime rates, Africa's just... And I know we're generalizing here, but I, at least I'll talk about South Africa. It's just the most... It's a place with so much heart, and I think that goes for all of Africa. It's just... You just feel it, you know? And when you're... I grew up there and when you leave it, you just want it back. (laughs) Despite all of the issues that it has and every place has issues. You'd miss it because of the good parts,
0: right? Yes. Everyone born was born with a very lovely heart. To give, to play. Have you seen any child being born just being stiff from cradle till, you know? The child might want to go out. It's a limitation from the parent. Don't do that. Don't go out. That will <laughs> cause the child not to go out to get a friend. Yeah. And in the course you can of... You put th- a child in any environment. You see? So in the course of 13 years, the child will not be knowing anybody. So everything the child knows is just what the parents must have imbibed. So, wanting to go back home is natural, or wanting to stay back home is natural, Mm. you know? The best things, have you ever thought of, after making everything in this world, financially, um, and your own properties and everything you wanted, what next, Mm. while waiting for death?
1: Do you think the future of Nigeria is bright? 100%, 1,000%, (laughs) 1,000,000%,
0: there's something, there's just something, there's just something about that place, (laughs) it's something, it's much more than if it's the physical, forget about it, when we talk about manpower, I mean manpower, I mean people that are naturally endowed head to toe, sorry, head to toe. So, then um, natural resources, don't worry. They've not started, you know. The British still need to come back and still find some more things there. Do you think? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Trust me, man. I hope not, and I hope not
1: in Ireland either. Then, <laughs> <laughs> or South Africa. <laughs> they've, they've been everywhere.
0: And if you, if you look at the entire electoral part of it, lately we've been doing... Extremely well in IT. You know? Say Dublin precisely yeah. and Nigeria Ireland. Nigeria
1: and South Africa are Africa's two strongest economies as Kenya well. Kenya too.
0: Yeah. So. But,
1: Ghana's growing.
0: Yeah, nah. You know, you, you can't understand Nigeria, you know? We're talking about 200 and something million people, man. Yeah. 200. Just one 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 country. Yeah. Jeez.
1: I've never been to West Africa, so it's definitely on my radar. I'd love to. Um, I know something you said last week when we met was, that's where the heart beats most.
0: Like I said. Of Africa. <laughs> like I said, the West African states, which is if they would give a West African state a capital, it would definitely have to be Nigeria still. No? Mm.
1: There
0: are too many things. The secular lifestyle. The northern part of Africa, to a certain point, almost consider themselves not being Africans with their skin colours and many other beliefs, you know. But that apart, you know. West Africa has a lifestyle of the Western world most than any other part of Africa. And I'm not talking about the Western lifestyle in the sense of the negativity or dress codes. I'm talking about how a rational thinking mind is. I'm talking about how educated they are. If you look where Nigerians read the most, how many professors have checked the whole of Africa? Run, it's everywhere. <laughs> We read, them, so I'm not hyping them in the sense of the Western um, assimilation of uh, how the youths are dressing, no, not that. The outcome. You give a Nigerian man a the computer, they teach him how to shop on eBay. Before you know anything, he's already owning eBay. Or bringing up a, an app that would that would support eBay's uh, or something from the back end, or from, or, 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 let's say from the back end, basically. So. They, it's more of the DNA trying to explore. The bad thing is, if there's, if there's power in the mind and, the, and, and it solicits for the bad thing instead of solicits for the good thing and it's not being given, it will, it, will, it will definitely go for the bad side. So that's why we have some hiccups of uh, some youthful exuberance. The power is there. Even crime is not easy. As much as it's as much as um, 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 as bad as it is, you know, criminals have to think. To the there's a, there's an adage in, in Yoruba language that says, "A lazy man is the works hardest." Hmm. It's not the hard work. It's not the, it's not the. Work smart, not hard. No, a lazy man works hardest means a lazy man who is not reading today will still come back tomorrow. To read again for the same cause for not passing in the first time, so now <laughs> he's giving himself two times work. Yeah, yeah. So that's where you see. <laughs> so it's hard work, but it's in stupidity and not in and infertility. Yeah.
1: So those are the by by procrastinating, you're doing more work. You know. Yeah.
0: Just do it and forget about it. Yeah. Because, That's a really good point. Because they, they, they are still I never more... thought of
1: that in college. Being like, if I if I wait, I'm just gonna end up doing work for a longer period of time.
0: Just get it done, right? Just, just. Nothing crossed my mind when I became a full blown adult. Once it strikes my mind, I'm doing it. <laughs> Once it strikes my mind, you know that sometimes you just walk past your room and just see one shirt not hanging. Where you're like. put this thing on the hang and put it in the water uh, I will do it later nah Uh, once it strikes my mind I'm picking it up you've got it the small things add up to the
1: big things right how you and they give you mind balance a book called make your bed right that's all about the little things are how you do everything so I've got one final question for you Matt and it's it's a deep one 40 50 years time wherever you see yourself in the world what legacy Do you want to leave behind? What do you want people saying about you at your funeral?
0: The same thing they've always been saying. Cheerful giver. An open mind to understanding that some things happen out of human controls, even if they do not favor your stance or your decisions or your well-being, you know? So, two things in conclusion will be giving and forgiving people. Mm. See? Still has to be give. Giving and forgiving. Giving and forgiving. I i'm not religious but in the whole of all what the whole bible has to say there's one point a lot if not everyone misses out what brings christ what makes of christianity the most is in one line and it was when jesus christ said forgive them father for they do not know what they are doing if that clause was to end it it would have been if they knew they wouldn't do it that's why you have to forgive people 90 percent of the time when they hurt you they never knew they never knew what they were going to lose you as you as a friend they never knew what they were going to lose you as an influence or an influence to them so you give and ready to forgive. If you do that, trust me, you'll be living a lovely life. All you want to do is just eat, sleep, and do more. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe smoke. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Matt,
1: it's been an honor. Thank you so much for talking with me, sharing your wisdom, and reflecting.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. In this
1: beautiful studio we have over here. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and all the best in Ireland, however long it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I think I, I like Ireland for something. Yeah, no? <laughs> there are too many. The weather is not that bad for me, though. As long as this summer can, as long as there's time for summer, yeah. I'll just prepare my mind. It does
1: come around when we get days like this. I know. I hope you get more in your time. <laughs> 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 I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks, man. No problem. No problem. No problem. Man.
1: So that was Mateus on his Nigerian and brief Irish life. If you enjoyed that episode, please let us know. Give us a few ratings on the Spotify or Apple Podcasts wherever you are, or YouTube. We'd love to know your your feedback. And thank you so much for your support. I so appreciate it. And Yeah, follow the Linktree link in the episode description below for uh, book, Instagram, and podcast-related material. Thanks so much for listening, and see you next week.